you're listening to Boomer in the Morning with Ryan Pinder on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. I'm not sure this new guy's working out. Jeez. You gotta dial one. I don't know how to work a phone. Our guest hotline is brought to you by Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar, just the 13-time Consumer Choice Award winner. For every dollar you spend, earn points towards free pizza with their rewards program. Mm. Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar, 6060 Memorial Drive, Northeast. It's hour three of the program. Boomer in the morning brought to you by Great Wolf Golf Course. GreyWolfGolf.com. Gray Wolf. Get those tea times. Let's go. Get, come, get on. Book come on. Book come get, on. Get them. Get them. Get come em. on. Um, Their season hasn't started yet, but in some parts of the world, they are playing golf. Today. I know. In some parts of the world, they don't. They don't stop. Well, see, and this is behind us. Like the, even the, the the NHL GMs have found themselves in a spot where there's no snow at all. In fact, it looked yeah. like a very warm, pleasant day on a beach in hockey season. Weird. Wow. Yeah. And look at these donkeys all wearing suits at the beach. You're not fooling stiffs, anyone. Yeah. Not fooling anyone. They got flip flops, do you think? Shorts? Just the waist up camera shot or what? I choose not to think about it. Okay. Now, pleased to be joined by our next guest. Now, I was kind of surprised that, that he was joining us this week because I know we were going to talk about uh, Masters and the golf tournament and stuff. And you, you said, well, there's some things about when you can talk and you can't. Luke Elvey joins us. Yes, who covers the Masters. He's our, our golf friend. Annually. And the Masters is coming, but you, uh, what's the deal? They. Are they are they shutting you up? Are they they muzzle you next week? <laughs> no, definitely not, gentlemen. Good morning. Um, no, it's just a it's just a blanket rule that uh, you know when we're there to work on the tournament, they want us focused on the tournament and not uh, extracurricular uh, radio interviews. So I always say to Pinder, "Hey, mate, if you want to chat the Masters, I'm available the week before." And and here we are, the day before I fly down to Atlanta. Now, are they, they're going to be tracking your flight and people online watching uh, what, what bird you fly in on when you arrive at the airport. I saw that was a big deal the other day when someone did that. They flew into Augusta. That's big news. Someone flew to Augusta on a jet. And golf Twitter melted down. It was astonishing yesterday morning. It was a bit like, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't want to say that because that's a little bit more tragic. When, when Payne Stewart was, uh, you know, in that tragic plane accident, we tracked that plane live from the sky, but... For Tiger Woods, uh, this story just keeps getting bigger and bigger by the day. Uh, you know, he almost died. Uh, February last year, just after the tournament at Riviera, he was, you know, the police said, less than this where people have died. Uh, he survived it incredibly. Uh, there were reports that he may never walk again. Um, but slowly but surely, Tiger Woods, he just keeps doing something that the rest of us mere mortals can't. And he's now on the verge of playing in the Masters next week. And it's quite remarkable because he took a flight up to uh, Augusta National yesterday from his place in uh, Florida. His son, Charlie, on board with him and Justin Thomas as well. And the caddy, Joe LaCarva, they went and uh, played the golf course. And, and look what happened. Um, Twitter melted down. Everyone's thinking, well, it's possible. The improbable has become possible. And it's now probable, which is quite remarkable. He was saying uh, there's that father-son event that he took part in in the fall where they were allowed to use carts and it wasn't, you know, the, the strict rules of, of the tournaments that you, you know, were used to. Walking the four days was going to be the biggest challenge for him. Do we believe that that is uh, a hurdle that's, that he's, he's overcome or that he's still trying to figure out whether he can do that or not? 
Yeah, I think that that's what yesterday's reconnaissance mission was just that. Can I walk this golf course? Because the golf course that he plays down in Florida, called the Medalist, which he has been walking over the last few days. We've had uh, those videos that have been you know, spanning the internet and then getting taken down for privacy rights and all sorts of stuff. Uh, but walking a flat course, not a problem. Walking a golf course like Augusta National, which is as hilly as it gets in the entire world, a different story. Um, but he's got round, and uh, by all reports, and you know, it's only hearsay because it wasn't from Tiger, uh, it seems like he's been able to make it happen. So, to be fair, right, this is Herculean, what's happened here. Yes, when he played in that father and son, and we saw him playing with Charlie and having a great time, he was swinging the club beautifully. But that's a, you know, giggle, but it's not a serious event. And this is the Masters. You know, to walk a golf course at 7,000 plus yards up and down, you know, borderline ski hill mountains to do it. What within a year and a bit from almost dying and having a leg that was completely shattered. It is it, it, astonishing. It's hard to put into words just how enormous this effort is given that he's now in his mid to late forties. And I'm guilty. Cause I am going to be in that group of, of fan who will be watching and, be be happy to watch Tiger. I will be more inclined to watch because of Tiger. And diehard golf fans will sneer and say, oh, "Why are we?" Regardless, it, it, he's going to have to make the cut, obviously, to play. But if if he's got the red shirt on and that, I'm I'm interested. I'm in. It's it, it is amazing the pull that he still has, despite the fact that he's really, aside from a weekend here or there, kind of been a non-factor competitively for so long. Absolutely true, Boomer, and you should never apologise for that because, you know, if Muhammad Ali was to step in the ring in the 90s, I would have loved to have watched him box. Yeah. I got to watch him box live. These are the greatest athletes of all time. These aren't just the best right now or we're getting excited because this person's got a bit of talent and we're desperate to see how they play. Tiger Woods is the greatest player of all time. He is a transcendent athlete. He is a superstar globally, not just because of his golf. How many times? One, one more glimpse. Yeah, I can't fault you on that. Not yeah. the slightest. No, and I think a lot of the golf card cores are the exact same. Like it's yeah, sure the, the common sports fan is absolutely interested with Tiger and not others, but the hardcore golf fans, it's it's the same story because it it brings you back all the those memories and you can remember right. the holes and the putts and the tee shots and him winning by you know ten plus strokes or whatever it is. I, I think everyone's on the same page. If Tiger's in, this is a ratings bonanza. And that's what everyone said. The Masters annually is the most watched golf tournament. But now that Tiger is back trying to play in it, it has just added the cherry on top. And everyone's just frothing. Everyone is frothing with excitement. Now, who would have thought, gentlemen, two months ago, Phil Mickelson, a no-show, Tiger Woods playing. Yeah. Wow, yeah, big change there. It's, a, it's, it's an astonishing turnaround. It really is. And, and to be fair, you know, the people that are going to be playing in this tournament, look, Scotty Scheffler. He's gone from no PGA Tour wins to world number one in six weeks. Another unfathomable story. But it's irrelevant right now. Tiger <laughs> might be playing in the Masters. What, what, what else? What does a guy have to do, right, to get yeah. a little bit of publicity? <laughs> if he had four wins in those five starts, not three. Yeah, hmm. yeah pick it up. Luke, yep. Luke Elvey is our guest here on Sportsnet. So for you now, you're going to, in a, in a media capacity, how many Masters have you been to now? Uh, this will be number 12 for me, um, Boomer. I made my debut back in 2010 uh, working for Australian Network Fox Sports and um, 
mate, I was chuffed just to get one start. That was a, a dream come true for me. It was like, if this is it, I'm a happy man. I can die a happy man. But uh, to be able to be able to be able to call holes 15 and 16 like I have for the last nine years, um, it, it's it's beyond a privilege, mate. I'm one of the very very fortunate few, and I don't take it for granted for a second because every minute in Augusta at the Masters, it's my best minutes of every year. And that's what I wanted to ask. Do you still get butterflies? I think it's it's 12, and I think no matter what, once you start doing things, no matter how amazing they are, or at one point in your life it was a bucket list kind of thing, it's going to become yeah. more commonplace. But I, I do wonder, when you pull into that parking lot and you, you head out on the course, do you still get that that sense of uh, nervous energy and excitement? And And the day that I don't, Boomer, I'll know it's time to give it up. Yeah, because that's exactly what it is. That's the stuff that stirs, you know, the juices in your loins. That's what, what you get out of bed every day to do because these are the big events on earth that the whole world's focused on. And you've been, you know, fortunate enough to be given the opportunity to broadcast that to the world. And this is what you live for. This is what we do in media for these moments, these occasions, whether it's calling a Stanley Cup or the World Series or Super Bowls or Olympic Games. It's the best of the best. And yeah, I get to sit at two of the most pivotal holes in the in the tournament. And you know, to answer your question in short, no, I have never one step foot on that property. Going, huh, just another day. It is beyond special. It really is. Uh, so I am told that the names of the holes are Firethorn and Redbud. Those are the two. Yeah. Each each hole yeah. has a name. Give us some of the nuances, mm-hmm. or I guess when you go somewhere a dozen years in a row and you watch a dozen tournaments unfold, what's what's unique about 15 and 16? Or, or give us a little inside golf on, on what your perch looks like. Right. These two holes are, you know, again, I've said the most pivotal holes in the history of the Masters. They have decided more green jackets than any other holes on the property. And the reason for it is they come at the perfect time. 15 is arguably the greatest risk-reward golf hole on earth. You need to hit a great drive, some 280 to 300 yards, up on the right-hand side of this fairway to have a shot at the green because the big tree on the left-hand side blocks out anyone who pulls their drive. Or if you're pushing the right tree, you're dead. You've got to punch out and hit that, you know, really challenging layup shot. Now, but if you go for it, you've you've really only got the size of a dinner table to land your golf ball on from 230 yards out coming in, you know, from a, about 30 yards above the level of the green. So it's a really tough second shot. But then, as I said, the layup is so hard because it's on a downslope that you've got to hit a pitch from a downslope to, again, a green that's very unreceptive to a ball coming in low and spinning. You've got a pond in front of you if you chunk it, and you've got water over the back if you flush it. And it just puts all this doubt into the player's mind that you have to hit two great shots to give yourself a chance at an eagle or the go-ahead birdie like Tiger made in 2019. But you fail, you can make a seven like Hideki did last year and almost cost him the green jacket. And that's why it's so brilliant, that 15th hole. Then you get to 16 and you know, there have been 32 holes in one in the history of the Masters, gentlemen. 23 of those have happened at 16 alone. That's the most recognisable hole for all those aces. And I've been fortunate enough to call eight of them in the last seven years. <laughs> yeah, wow. Uh, you know, we're talking 86 years of Masters, and eight of them have happened in the last seven years. And it's just because the way that green funnels down to that lower shelf, the left-hand side, the the... The tournament, Augusta National knows the honeypots. They know the sweet spots of where balls 
can trickle into the hole. They can also move it two or three inches left or right of those honey spots, and there's no chance you can make a hole in one. It's wild to hear you talk about it because I kind of think about it from where I'm sitting as somebody who's in the media and would have to cover it. How do you prepare for this? Because you need to know about the field and their history at the tournament, but specifically those holes. And I don't, is there another is there another situation where, as as somebody who's in broadcasting, would have to study the the playing surface as much as you would there? We don't we we don't look. <laughs> yeah. How's the ice? We kind of okay. And right. how's the field for running backs in in football? But this, like you say, uh, a few feet either way on a specific green is the difference between a birdie try or trying to, you know, salvage par. Right. Um, look, that's been obviously my, uh, again, blessing in my career. Uh, for some reason, I'd be able, I'm able to retain knowledge on the most obscure sporting facts in the world. And I, I remember a lot about very little. Um, but, I, you know, I, when I learn these players, I know a lot about them. And I'm an anecdotal-style broadcaster. I like to tell stories so the viewer knows more about that person and has maybe an, an extra reason to cheer for them or to cheer against them. That's our job, right? We tell stories. But then to call their shots within the context of that round, this tournament, the finale to perhaps winning a major, the life-changing nature of all that. You know, Hideki last year, on the verge of becoming a national hero, no Japanese male had ever won a golf major, and here he is winning at the biggest stage just a few months out from Tokyo hosting the Olympics. And this is a guy who'd won his way to Augusta by winning the Asia-Pacific Amateur Championship, which is put on by Augusta National to give people from Asia an opportunity to go and play in this event. And he won the low amateur when he came to Augusta. He won that tournament twice. And then now he's in a green jacket a decade later. So that investment that Augusta National made in Asian golf has paid off with one of their superstars winning the green jacket, the first from Japan. Those stories inspire people. That's the stuff that pulls us into sport. Yeah. And, and I get to do that, you know. I get to tell stories about Corey Connors coming around with a really, really strong chance of winning Canada's second green jacket this year. He's playing great golf. What a story that would be. This guy was a Monday qualifier. This very tournament that's happening this week, the Valero Texas Open, a Monday qualifier. That means you've got very little status in golf. He, t- he, he makes it by... Making a 35-footer on the last, a guy misses a three-footer to be in a playoff. He wins that playoff. He goes into the tournament, wins it, changes his life, goes to the Masters, has a top 10, and now he's third favourite this week at the Valero Texas Open, coming off a third-place finish at the match play and legitimately a chance of winning the green jacket. That's the adult, adult fairy tales that I love to tell, and it inspires lots and lots of people. Who's the favourite? Is it Scheffler with his form? Is it Rom? Is it someone that's got more uh, of a track record on the course? Do you look to someone like Chef uh, Shelfley, who was so close last year? Like, like, give us your uh, your thoughts on on. Uh, you mentioned Connors, who's one of them, but who's the rest of those four or five guys that are going to take a lot of bets? The, the it's a great point that you say about Scotty Scheffler. How people can't say he is not the favourite is beyond me. No one is playing better golf than Scotty Scheffler right now. He's played in two Masters and he's finished in the top twenty both times. He's played in six majors. He's contended three of them. He should be the favourite. But because John Rahm plays this golf course the way you should be playing the golf course with that lovely high fade controlled shot and he's a you know, gritty, determined competitor, he's got the favouritism. Justin Thomas is right behind him and the way he's been playing. My own countryman, Cameron Smith, 
two top three finishes there, a great track record. He is playing brilliant golf. He is putting the spots off it. So there's three, four players that you should keep an eye on. And then, heaven forbid, Tiger Woods is remotely healthy enough to go play the tournament. Now, let's not entertain the fact that he should be one of the favourites to win. But he tied fourth in 2010, coming off the back of the scandal, with no form under his belt, no you know, golf in six months. He'd been in rehab. And he tied fourth because he knows how to knock his ball around the property. Could we imagine, guys, not only him making the cut, but then even contending? It'd just be... Yeah, again, we thought the internet broke yesterday for golf. Imagine if that happens. Yeah. Whew. So for you now, because we know that the uh, the tournament starts next week, when so wh- when are you traveling and what's what's your lead up to uh, to next Thursday? What do you end up doing here? Okay, I'm Will's up tomorrow morning out of Calgary, which would be great. I fly straight to Atlanta. Uh, I've got a couple more days to record the final two uh, bits of recording for the PGA Tour 2K game, Boomer, which I'm sure you'll be delighted to know. Someone's attention's been peaked here, yeah. Yeah, all of a sudden, yeah, we're interested. Um, (laughs) And then then I'll have a a day uh, just just to have a little bit of R&R because it's been a busy winter for me with Can Golf, as you know. Uh, play around a golf or two, and then um, I'll be on property first thing Monday morning. And it really, you know, the, these tournaments, you get there on Monday and you start researching, getting little tidbits, anecdotes from players, coaches, caddies, family members, anyone attached to the players, so that by the time they tee off on Thursday morning, I have an arsenal full of anecdotes that I can use at any given time over the course of the next four days depending if the moment suits it or not. Have you played it? Have you played Augusta? Never have, mate. I'm only allowed to be... I was only allowed to be in the um, ballot when I was working for Australia. So I'm not allowed to be in the ballot as a CBS guy, which is just fine. Um, but one day, Burma, the dream still remains. Yeah. <laughs> one day. you know. But it, to be honest, once you walk the property, and I'll say this to everyone listening, if you've been dreaming of going to Augusta and anyone remotely interested in golf has... Simply walking the property and seeing it in your own eyes and imagining the shots you'd hit or the shots that you've seen hit from those very spots, it really is enough. Now, would I like to play the course? Of course I'd love to play the course. But if I don't ever, I still feel fulfilled because that very first time I walked down the 10th, got round the corner to 11, and then Amen Corner just opened itself up to me, I started crying. It is, I'm not a religious person but that is a deeply spiritual moment it is sort of you know it's our mecca it's golfers mecca and you feel a sense of this is a very special place a very special scene and you feel privileged to be there a bit like when you get to the home home of golf at St Andrews the old course at St Andrews you know it's 400 years of history right there well for Augusta National it's only 85 but my gosh it's uh, (laughs) the special place you know, I haven't been in the Sistine Chapel. I haven't been in the Sistine Chapel. I haven't seen it. I haven't stared at that ceiling, but I've stared at Amen Corner and, and, and taken it all in and just shed a tear. It's magic. And you've never been in our studio either. I'm yeah, it's pretty <laughs> breathtaking. <laughs> the emotions would be much the same. Yeah, because you hear yeah, the show, and then you've, now you've been on the show, which is kind of like being a studio, but once you get here, I think a similar experience. Restrictions are opening up. I'm yeah, sure we'll be able to. we'd love to have you down. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, love, love it, gentlemen. That's very great. There's lots of tissue in here. It's never fine. Yeah, yeah. Good, to, good to have goals. Hey, man, safe travels. Uh, we will live vicariously through you. I think it's awesome 
that uh, that you get to do all that you do. You deserve it. And real quick, just plug the coverage. Where do we find it? Is it the Masters website? Is it CBS or all the above? I know there's other rights holders in this country, which we may or may not name. But uh, give, what, what, tell us that. <laughs> you mind if I name them? Because that's how you watch it. Well, it's that three-letter thing. Oh, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, look, it, it, they, they do a full immersive coverage. You can watch it on Masters.com or, or TSN has uh, each and every channel. Um, Amen Corner, uh, featured groups. Obviously, my holes 15 and 16 plus the main broadcast. But we start with the very first shot of the very first player that steps to 15, and we don't get off air until the last part from the last group is hold on 16. Do you get a cool Just little? That, yeah. Do they give you a little swag bag with some uh, some gear and stuff, or? Oh, you get a little bit of merch, mate. You, you get some uh-huh. lucky stuff like that. You know, you wear the company but- logos and then and the, and the tournament logos. But you know, it's. To be honest, just to be one of the very, you know, privileged few that gets to lend their voice to this tournament, the whole world focuses on it. It signifies the start of golf season. That's enough, mate. If they didn't pay me, shh, don't tell them. But if they didn't pay me, I'd still go and do it. I think exactly. Dean's got his eye on one of those master's catheters because he knows how long those shifts are. Yeah, you guys got to go. You got to go, right? What are you going to do? Right. Yeah. It's amazing how fast you can run in an ad break. Luke, be good, right. man. Good to talk to you. Thanks for your time and enjoy it. All right. Boomer, lovely pinder. Thanks, gentlemen. And I'll uh, continue to watch the joy of the flames uh, from afar. Out of Love it. Talk to you soon, Thanks, man. Mate. There he is. Bye, boys. Luke Elvey on his way to Augusta. Tomorrow? Yeah, man. It's a good gig, I think, eh? It's probably one you... He's still excited about it, it sounds like. Anything. Yeah. Yeah. And think of how many people would just... And I guess that's in every... Right? It's You'd love to work a Stanley Cup final or a World Series or, or something like that. But for the golf aficionado to not only get to Augusta, but to have that kind of access to the course, mm-hmm. right, is is something altogether different. That guy's got to get because here's how it works: the media that play that go to cover the Masters, they have a media draw. Yes, and then on the Monday after the tournament, after the tournament, they pull names and oh, hey, yeah. congratulations, you get to play the course yeah. tomorrow. He should be in that draw. Well, he just said, because he's CBS, he's not. But when he was with the Aussie broadcast team, he was. So, yeah, like James Duthie will get his name in the draw, and Luke won't. Francis did it, right? I know. I don't want to think about it. Eric Francis has played Augusta National. About time we got a break, huh? I say that a lot with with old Eric. He's scrape away. Guy deserves a piece of good fortune here and there. You see it online. Uh, Dexter Fowler has a, has a nameplate in the old uh, Rashford Annie. Yeah, uh, he's thirty six. He is, but he's also a switch hitter that's six five two zero five. That um, they they'd love a non righty bat. He's thirty six. He's definitely thirty six. Yeah, still thirty six. Played a long time. Hit two fifty last year with the Angels. I mean, options, right? Why not try? Crazier things have happened. We saw Chris Colabello hit 300 for a year. <laughs> yeah. So if that and a guy from Independent League can do that, I uh, no, it's intriguing. But but the the Jays lineup is so right-handed. Boom! Like it, I I think their whole bench will be lefty bats. Bird in the infield. Um, 
catcher, one of the two, they'll carry three, will be Reese McGuire. He's a lefty. The Tapia in outfield, uh, they picked up in the swap for Gritchick. And Fowler gives him another option there. Palacios is another young guy that'll probably start a triple-A, but he's a lefty bat and an outfielder as well. Their starting lineup, if you just put their nine best hitters out, are all right-handed. So anyone that can give a look from the other side of the plate, they're going to collect and see if it works as a spare part, I guess. We will come back. Jamie McCowan, Flames alumni, great guy, new kind of a new initiative, a new endeavor that he is a part of. We're going to take a look at it and catch up with, uh, with our boy. Coming up, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Boomer in the Morning is on right now. Sportsnet 960, The Fan, Calgary. Hour three of the program continues to roll on, sponsored by Grey Wolf Golf Course. Every year, voted BC's number one public course by Score Golf Magazine. The T-sheet is open online. Get it. GreyWolfGolf.com. Boomer and Pinder. Dumas here as well on Thursday, sorry, Wednesday. I'm I'm just excited because our next guest, he is, of course, a uh, former member of the Calgary Flames, current member of the alumni, played for uh, the, the Leafs and the Wings and the. It's uh, got jewelry, uh, Dean. The Hartford Whalers and Atlanta Thrashers and uh, just <laughs> you, you name it. Yeah. He's done it all. He's done it all. He's the, Jamie McCall. The Wheeling Nailers. Yeah, the, done it all. Uh, the Macon Whoopie. The He's Dan, done it all. The, the Danbury thra- yeah. Trashers. Yeah. Jamie McCall. Wow. Jamie, good morning, buddy. How are you? Good morning. How are you guys doing? We're good. We're good. We're, uh, you know, in, in a way bracing ourselves for what we're hoping is a uh, an exciting end to this uh, this hockey season and beyond. Well, you know what? Uh, I was lucky enough to be down at the game last night and uh, watch part of it. Uh, the alumni was also down there, and I know we're going to be talking about a different charity here, but uh, uh, we were down there trying to raise some uh, attention and some uh, and some money and get some get some uh, you know clothing and what have you for some of the Ukrainian. Uh, families that are coming to Canada and in particular coming into Alberta. So, um, you know, the first, the first period and a half thereabouts, it seemed to be a little sluggish, but uh, two heavyweights, I guess, uh, you know, kind of feeling each other out a little bit. And, uh, but uh, I think the fans, we had a good time and, uh, you know, the the result could have been different, but uh, I think uh, if we keep playing our way, uh, we have a chance this year. It's it was a because uh, afterwards Daryl was upset about the the power play goals that they gave up and all of that, but it it had a different feel than that game on Saturday, didn't it? The nine five win, a uh, little little different. Yeah, yeah, I was fortunate enough to be there uh, uh-huh. at that one as well, and and you know people go like he must go to every game. I don't. I've been to like you know six games sort of thing, but. Um, yeah, every, anytime you've got the uh, the uh, team up north, Edmonton coming in, and uh, and you know you know these, some of these guys like Mike Smith. I mean, I've met him a number of times. You know, nice guy, and but as soon as he gets up there wearing the wrong colors, suddenly you know I don't want anything to do with him, right? <laughs> and I'm not even a player anymore, so I can just imagine how the guys uh, feel on Calgary that uh, that were friends of his a few years back. So it uh, it was a great game to watch, and uh, obviously anytime you win. Suddenly, all the uh, warts and stuff don't seem to be quite as bad. But uh, uh, I guess maybe uh, last night, you know, uh, when you make a mistake, it was a little bit more evident. Glad to have you on. Now, here's the thing: we're going to talk about a new hockey program that's uh, that's come to Canada, new, brand new to Alberta. We're going to see it here in our city. And I know that for some people, be like, "Oh, okay, here we go. It's another, you know, what what, what are we talking about? A high end uh, hockey program? This is different. We want to talk about Volt Hockey." 
and you're involved. And I guess we'll just start here. How is Volt? How was it created? How did you get involved? And and what exactly is Volt Hockey? Because it's it certainly caters to some specific players. Yeah, you know what? Um, the alumni was involved with uh, the Variety Group, and uh, you know they've been around for a hundred years. Uh, you know, and they basically they just call themselves the Children's Charity, and uh, they were doing some stuff at the Glenmore uh, Reservoir on the south side. And they had this vehicle there. And uh, when I say vehicle, it'd be about, we call it uh, two and a half feet to, to wide, maybe three feet wide at the back, and about maybe uh, three feet uh, long. And it looks like an old go-kart, to be honest with you. Um, mm-hmm. In this case, uh, it actually looked quite pretty compared to my old go-kart. And I was going, what is this thing? And they were saying, oh, this is a new vehicle that's come in. Uh, children with uh, you know specific handicaps that oftentimes can't participate with their brothers, their sisters, their friends, um, can get into these carts. And it's kind of like a a wheelchair in one respect, an electric wheelchair. And all the controls are are set up so that they can move everything and do everything with one hand. And um, I had the opportunity to get in one of these carts and play a little bit of hockey with some of these other, uh, I'll call them the pros now, because uh, I did not look good compared to them. And, uh, the, at the very beginning, I had it set at one, I guess it is, and it, it has like five different speeds. So I was set at one, and I was thinking I was pretty good, and I was starting to handle it and what have you. But then one of the other kids came along and said I was doing it wrong and jacked me right up to five. And uh, I was just like spinning around. I didn't know what I was doing. So right. there is some talent there. And it was about, I think this particular game was four, uh, four people against four people, and you can play it like in a school auditorium or, or a gymnasium and um, like what, what smiles on their faces. It was, uh, it was fun to watch. And uh, you, when you realize that here's something that we take for granted, we can pretty well do anything we want, but there's a lot of people out there that uh, they need a little bit of extra help. I love that with technology and uh, smart people, engineers that we're finding new ways to do different things. Uh, and this is one it's, uh, They've, they've adapted this uh, the sport of hockey to this, particularly beneficial for those with its limited upper uh, mobility who can't play other adaptive sports. Uh, they're calling it it's an electric sport chair operated with a joystick, low center of gravity. There's the hockey blade underneath, uh, the four-point seat belt to keep you in there, and uh, it says uh, up to, uh, yeah, 15 kilometers an hour, 360 degrees, turn on a dime. Was that, uh, is that you at the controls with getting 15K an hour? <laughs> yeah, no, not a chance. And you know what? It, was, it, w- it really was quite, quite interesting to see some of the kids there. And, I mean, some of the parents, this is one of those things where, uh, I, in my case, I saw one of the parents get in the cart with his uh, child uh, just because, uh, unfortunately, uh, I'm not sure it's permanent, but at that particular time, his mobility was a little bit more limited than usual. And so he could get in there and we could kind of wheel around and, and play a little bit of hockey uh, with this like plastic blade that's at the front of the cart. And there he is. He's participating and the smile's there. And, uh, and you know, the one thing about this sort of, of, uh, of uh, endeavor when you see all the other, and I, and I hate to use the word handicap, but limited you know, mobility, you know, they they get it. Like, you know, where, where you see us driving the car, we're cutting people off, right? Like, we, just to go to the saddle dome, we're going to cut 11 people off because, you know, that's who we are. There, 
they're seeing people that are struggling and, and needing a little bit of help and, and they step back and they don't drive their cart as fast and, and they allow everybody to participate. And, uh, you know, that's something that I think the general populace could, could learn from some of these kids because uh, when they see someone that needs a little bit of extra help, they're more than willing to allow that kid to score or, or they'll literally get out of their carts and, and, and help them, right? And uh, that was something that, that struck me as uh, maybe a, a lesson that I've uh, maybe forgotten over the years. Sure. And, uh, but what a, what, a great, what a great thing. I mean, the Flames Foundation, I believe, is helping with some of the, the costing of the carts. The, the Flames alumni is helping with some other costing. And, um, you know, like I said, looking at the parents on the sidelines, uh, you know, because it must be so difficult to, to have, you know, your child not being able to participate, you know, playing soccer or playing baseball or, or whatever it is on the regular fields and uh, to have an opportunity to see the smile on their faces. It's uh, it kind of brings a tear to your eye. Jamie McCowan is our guest. We're talking about Volt Hockey. Uh, I just want just now I'll get it out there while it's uh, still fresh in my brain. VarietyAlberta.ca. Go and check out Volt Hockey. It, and the, the biggest part of it, and I guess one, one of the best parts, it's for anyone age six of age or up, all abilities. Uh, and they're, they're really trying to make this inclusive to, because there are some, depending on the, the disability of the child or, or, or the kid, uh, there's some things are out there that work for some and not, not for others. This really opens the door. They've, they have a sibling without disabilities. You can get them signed up, bring your friends out. They really want everybody to get a chance to get into one of these chairs, the card as you call it, and and experience Volt Hockey, which is, that's, without that open door policy, right, it's great that you have the technology and the program, but unless everyone can get in on it, it it doesn't uh, affect as many people as you hope it does. Well, you're right, and and you know, oftentimes most most families have you know more than one child, yeah. and the, the idea is like, okay, so you've got an eight year old and a ten year old or whatever it is, and the one has a bit of a handicap. Well, you know what? The other the other brother or sister can participate with that person, and uh, so it is a family affair. And uh, you know, it's like some of these kids are pretty good. I was trying to do a little stick handling, which has never really been my forte. Well, I was going to say, but, what are you doing? Uh, that's not uh, that's not your wheelhouse, Jamie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you weren't you're not allowed to throw elbows and and, and hack and whack yeah. in this particular game. And uh, but they had some skill and they were they were, well, you know, as you could probably guess, they made me look like a bit of a fool out there. But, uh, uh, you know, I figure another 40 or 50 hours, I'll get it figured out. Right. But some of these kids, they took to it like, you know, duck to a water sort of thing. And uh, they knew what they're doing. They could pass the, the, the puck and, and they could, uh, you know, go down the, the I was going to say the ice, go down the surface and, and, and fire it in the net. And uh, like I said before, it just. You know, when when you if you've ever hurt your leg, you know, an ankle, uh, hurt your knee, had a surgery or something, and you realize how quickly suddenly you're not able to do most things, right? You're not going up the stairs like you thought you used to. You can't you can't play whatever soccer or do whatever. And then you look at some of these children and realize that this isn't something that goes away in four to six weeks. This is something that is you know more or less permanent. Giving them an opportunity to participate and have some fun and and, and feel like they're part of society a little bit more i guess is a, oh, a funny way to put it but they really you know they really enjoy it they, they they smile they're they're waiting they're just like horses ready to race around the track they're just ready to get out there and get into that cart and have fun and uh 
it was an eye opener for me and uh, hopefully other people can have a chance to, to see what happens and, and, and help the variety club uh, maybe uh, down the road with, uh, with some participation and or, or donations. And uh, like I said, it, uh, when I was there, there was about 10 families there that I saw that were able to, you know, put some smiles on their face, watching their children and, uh, and the smiles on the actual kids was, uh, was something really to behold. That's what it's all about. Jamie, thank you, man. Thanks for the uh, thanks for the visit and uh, opening our eyes. We'll send people. VarietyAlberta.ca is the website, and you can find some links from there. Be good, man. Behave. All right. Thank you. Take care. You bet. There's Jamie McCowan. Uh, and with it's so important, I think, right now, what with we've dealt with over the last couple of years with COVID, our, just kids in general need to get back out. They need to get around friends. They need to get around other kids. need to get involved in sport. If this is and this looks like it's another it's another option for for maybe people that wouldn't ordinarily get a chance to to uh, to have that door opened up for them, that is awesome. We'll take a look uh, very quickly here. We got a lot to get done here. What you want to talk about? Brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Do you own a pharmacy? Find out about Calgary Lock and Safe and how they can retro- retrofit your locks to meet the new mandates. Visit CalgaryLockAndSafe.com. Nine sixty, nine sixty. Couple minutes. Uh, says here, I've always loved Jamie McCowan. Yeah, he's uh, he's a good boy. I didn't always love Jamie McCowan. You're... He knows this. Oh, yeah. Who did he punch on the Jets? He uh, Dale Howard Chuck broke his ribs, cost oh, in the series. Jeez, ribs, Jamie. You go watch it. Jets win that series. He cross-checks Howard Chuck right in the ribs, broken ribs, done for the series. It's over. And so... uh, I don't want to talk about it. It's Bobby Clark. It's not Bobby Clark. That was a national, international type of deal, right? Like that was for the pride of the country. Uh, Please give a shout-out to UWS Foothills WFC highest level of soccer available to women in Canada. All right, there it is. Foothills gals. Shout-out. some butt. Yeah. Shout-out. Let Patty Dumas talk F1. Are you big F1 honk there, Dumas? I had no idea. We love F1. Love NASCAR, too. Very nice. He loves all this the abstract weird, like, not even weird, but I like mean, the, I'm in everything. It's, it's remarkable that it's a very, very broad swath that he cuts. Have you watched this, the thing yet on Netflix? No, i got to get going. Mi- literally millions of people have been drawn converted. to that yeah. sport because Fastest of... growing sport on the planet now. Yes, I, I'm, I'm, I'm completely late to it. stay home and I'm going in June. put the bottle down once in a while, well, maybe I you could, could pick up the bottle and watch that. No? I guess you could, probably, fair enough. Uh, what you want to talk about? Brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. We'll make it up to you tomorrow. Operate your locks with the touch of your phone. Upgrade to smart locks with Calgary Lock and Safe. Visit calgarylockandsafe.com. Coming up, busy hour of Flames Talk. Cassie Campbell-Pasco going to join Ryan right off the top. But now, right now... It's time for the snow show. That's right. Snow show brought to you by Loose Performance Center, LOUS.ca. Your ski boots, Dean, could be as comfortable as bedroom slippers. Here's Lou himself on uh, the phone line. Good morning, Lou. How you doing? Good morning. I'm fine. How are you doing? We are very well. It is very spring-like here. What's what's the latest uh, from the from the snowy peaks in the west of us? How are things? Well, it, it is very spring-like here, and I went to... Uh, to visit a friend of mine in Banff and have dinner on, uh, I guess it was Monday night, um, without a jacket, <laughs> thinking spring-like conditions. Oh, and uh, I left I left at 8.30, 
to come back from Banff. Then it took me two hours to get back. It was snowing so hard. <laughs> so it's still winter there. That's what you're telling me. <laughs> I haven't. Oh, it was just dumping. I mean, the traffic on on the on the Trans Canada was gone thirty kilometers an hour <laughs> all the way from Banff to to past Canmore, and uh, it took me forever to get back. So they got a lot of snow. Uh, we've talked about them needing a refresh, but but they certainly got one. It it snowed hard. Lou, I got to give hours. you the gears. The, you're, you're sounding like a green rookie here. You went to Banff without a jacket <laughs> in March. Well, Come on. Come yeah, on, I, Lou. <laughs> you need layers. You got, you got a layer. Insulating, wicking I, layers. I was a little ahead of the seasons, that's for sure. <laughs> um, was not well prepared. But I, I didn't begin to think I would be coming back in that kind of a snowstorm. So, it uh, was just pounding down. Yeah. The anecdote's a good one. It reminds us there's lots of ski season left and lots of great skiing. Best time of the year if you like sunlight, warmer temperatures, and having a beer outside at the end of your run. Um, I, I, I'm excited. I think our crew's going to be out this weekend. Uh, oh, there's tons left, and which means, hey, it's not a bad time to go look at some gear that is on sale, and is there's still lots of skiing you can do this year on it. There's lots of skiing. Um, almost two months. I mean, the season is so long here. It's amazing. There's lots of skiing and really great ski- and really great skiing, and uh, and we are on sale. But the biggest reason to buy now isn't only that the shops are on sale. It's that every manufacturer is coming to every shop and predicting greater shortages this coming season than there were this than there were this year. And we sold out of socks essentially in January. We sold out of ski poles. We couldn't get goggles. Um, we had one ski company who only delivered half of what we were supposed to get, and they're predicting bigger problems next year and, uh, and compounded by everything that's going on in Europe now and, uh, and shipping rates, which are through the roof. So what, what really we think we're going to see is that uh, we've already seen price increases of 10 and 15 percent for next year, and I think they're going to go up even higher. This, this ski season, this ski season that we just went through was the very first time we usually get prices eight months in advance. So stores open in September, October. We do our ordering in March, and that's when we get next year's prices. This season, for the first time, a few manufacturers gave us prices in March, like I said, but they also increased prices again in September. And this year, we've had the biggest price increase I've ever seen. And I bet we're going to get another one in September and October. So while we're on sale for 30 and 40 and even 50% off now, comparing that to next year's prices, it's going to be savings of 50 and 60% of people by now. And they'll be essentially buying the same gear and really making sure they can get it because next year is not looking great. Well, and look, more arrows, more underlining, more bold font. Buy it now. Absolutely. Um, and, yeah. and you guys are on sale. That's that's even better rather than, hey, beyond what used to be regular pricing with, with uh, tight supply. Do it now and get out on those sales. I love it. Uh, what else is happening? Your website's a real good one. How much uh, information do you have on there that uh, people curious about the store can find? Well, there's still there's always been a lot of information there. There's a ton of information about boot fitting and ski setup, and uh, it, it's been really actually gratifying. I want to thank you. How many people we, um, how many customers have come in the store 
that have heard about the store from from my talks with you. But in addition, then, on the website, there's so much information about boot fitting and the right way to go through the boot fitting process. And, you know, every year we get people that come in and, and, uh, and they're on their fourth pair of boots, uh, maybe in their lifetime, maybe their fifth pair of boots, and none of them have ever been comfortable. And it's, it's well, it'd be nice to say it's because they haven't been in to lose, but it's also because they haven't gone through the process properly. And, and there is a process to buying boots, and it's well, it's well described on our website. So that even if you can't get into the store, um, if you go through the process properly, you can still end up with good boots. And it also applies to setting up skis and, and uh, making all your gear like you would golf clubs or, or tennis or other sports. There's ways to customize ski gear that makes it work better for you than it would when you just buy it and use it in all the factory settings. And I've done research for Nordica and Atomic on binding position, and that research was published. So there's lots on the web about buying boots and about make it easier for you to ski. There's lots of good information there. That's what it's all about, getting more out of your gear, having better ski days, less time uh, yanking your boots off to get yourself some pain-free moments. Uh, it's all about maximizing those days <laughs> at the hill, and it's such a great That's time right. of year for that. Lou, enjoy the rest of your turns this year. And before we go, give us an update on hours uh, at the store and, again, your location. Okay. Hours are hours actually just changed. Uh, store hours are Tuesday through Thursday, noon until 8, uh, Fridays, noon until 6, and Saturdays, 10 until 5. Close Sunday and Monday. And the location is 6434 1A Street, Southwest in Calgary, right across the street from Chinook Center and behind Home Depot and Mark's Work Warehouse. Pleasure, Lou. Enjoy those final days. Uh, like you said, almost two months of them, but uh, I see there's, there's a few more closed days at the store. I'm hoping you're out there a little more. Well, I'm I'm uh, I'm going cat skiing next week. Woo. My, my my time is coming now. I love it. Enjoy. Thanks, man. Yeah. Thanks. Good to talk to you. Have a great day. All right. There's Lou himself from Lou's Lous dot ca. The snow show. Uh, that'll do it. We're done another season of snow show. So make sure you get into Lou's and take advantage. Why pay more? Next year, when you get it cheaper now? I mean, it seems simple to me. Huh? What am I, what am I crazy? Don't look at me like, am I crazy? Like, I got three eyes on my face? See it loose. Uh, we're coming back with Flames. Are you crazy? You want to pay more later? Pay less now. Stupid. What's, what's wrong with you? Figure it out. Figure it out. Uh, Flames talk coming up. Cassie Campbell, Pascal, Hall of Famer, broadcaster, Hall of Fame uh, committee secret meeting. Uh, throw it a break. Sports N960 the fan.